Welcome to One Heart, One Mind, a podcast of the Napa, Idaho South Stake to inspire and give hope in our efforts to build Zion. And now your host, Lindy Bauer. Hi, my name is Lindy Bauer. Welcome to today's podcast, One Heart, One Mind, Nampa. Uh, we're joined today with Brian and Jude Millar. Uh, Millars are retired and have been active members of the community for years. We invite them to join us so that we can hear their perspective on marriage and how they've tried to create an eternal union. Thank you for coming with us today. Thanks for the invitation. Oh, you bet. We've heard some great stories. Um, so let's start off first. How long have you two been married for? Uh, we've been married for 47 years. Does that seem like forever until you look at our parents who were married, you know, for 80 years? So it's <laughs> kind of like, yep, married for 47 years. So we're approaching the big 50 pretty soon. Well, what month will it be in? September. Awesome. And what day? 12th. Married on my mom and dad's anniversary. Oh, I love that. Intentionally? Yeah. I so dad and I wouldn't forget. <laughs> One of us would remember. I'll put you both in the doghouse the same day. We have been there too. <laughs> and how many children do you have together? We have six children, three boys and three girls. Three girls first. We had our three girls first, and Brian was farming, so he was wondering where his water pipe-moving people were going to come from because we just had girls. But the girls loved it because they got to drive the tractors and go to the farm with Dad, so it worked out good. And so what's the age difference between all the kids? Um, generally, uh, that's a tough one. That's your department. I know Angie was 15 when we had our last baby. Okay. So there's 15 years between the kids. And so um, we have some 40-year-olds and some 30-year-olds and 129-something. So they're all varied. And did you raise your family right here in Nampa always? We did. Okay. We had opportunities to leave the area and go other avenues of employment but it's just tough to beat this area. So we wanted to stay put. Family's all here. Her parents were in Boise. Mine were here in Nampa. And when they get older, we wanted to be here. So we stayed put. And where was your farm? Where, where were you farming at? We're south of Nampa. We had uh, about 2,000 acres there. And then we had another farm later in Ontario, Oregon. And it was about 2,000. And what were you finding? Oh, beans, grains, sugar beets. Um, good place for pheasant hunting. So <laughs> we got to see the Bower Boys quite a bit. <laughs> but yeah, just uh, regular standard crops. Everybody grows a little bit of alfalfa seed, which later proved to be what I got into and stayed into was the alfalfa seed production. Okay. All right, so after these six kids, you've got lots of grandkids. How many? We do. We have 20 grandkids, 14 are girls, and only six are boys, and only one Millar boy. Oh, wow. <laughs> I <Yeah>. know. <laughs> Whoa, a little worried. <laughs> uh, and no, he's, he's not spoiled at all. He's no, not. No, not at all. <laughs> or are the other five spoiled? That's true. It's good. Yeah, they're it's 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 really great. I mean, it's great being a grandparent, and you know that saying. If I would have known grandkids were so fun, I would have had them first. 
true. That's true. <laughs> so our oldest granddaughter is down at Dixie University, and our youngest granddaughter is 18 months. 18. Oh. So we got a pretty big playing field. That's sweet. That's perfect. That's perfect. I like them too. So where did where did you two where did you two meet up? Um, I'm from Boise, and Brian is from Nampa, of course. But we met in the cafeteria at Rick's College. So I went down two weeks early. I was trying out for the football team at Rick's College, and they didn't give scholarships. You had to go trial for the team. So two weeks early, our routine was good. One of our favorite things to do in the afternoon when we'd go have training table dinner um, was sit and watch all the new co-eds come into Rick's College, and it was exciting. We loved it. We'd sit there and eat our food and watch all these girls come in, and uh, I was sitting next to a defensive end, one of the favorite guys on the team. His name was Purdy, and he wasn't Purdy, but that was his name. And big well, blonde hair. <laughs> Big blonde kid. <clears throat> anyway, we were sitting there, and I saw her for the first time come into the cafeteria, and I said, I'm going to marry that girl. And he laughed. He thought I was, you're dreaming, kid. I said, okay, stick around. So I did. Stuck around. And I did. Doctor into Mary, best sales job I ever made. <laughs> so we are in the cafeteria you know, getting to know each other and well, wait, wait a second. So he's already sit, sat down with the teammate. Do you go up to her and say, Hey, come sit by me or um if you went further into the middle of the cafeteria at the round tables and only two of you were sitting there, usually some of the girls would come up and sit down. And they did. So mm -hmm. It was good. He did. He did. He sat in a very prime position here. So my friend Joanne, we went and um, sat at their table. And Brian and his best friend Ernie Corder, who was also from Nampa, were bragging about how they could do a wheelie on a motorcycle the length of the parking lot. And Joanne and I challenged them to that. Oh, that can't be done. And we went right out. And guess what? They did it. So they were able, so I kind of thought he was a bragger at first, but he can back up what he says. So I guess that's a good thing. You can brag all you want. <laughs> the only time in my life I've ever proved a wrong was that time. So I have to remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I was impressed, but I didn't think they could do it, but they did. Yep. Mm -hmm. Fun. Awesome. So you date all through that year and get married when? So, well, no, it was a while after that because I took off on a mission. Um, got a call to South America. So I was getting ready to go on my mission, and she went with the... The Vicodet uh, drill team. And we went back east and toured um, the church history sites. That was really fun. So I took off on a mission, and she took off for... Church history tour. Church history tour. That was fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. and then uh, after his mission, then we decided we kind of liked each other still, and we decided to get married. And I didn't know it was his parents' wedding anniversary until at our reception they brought out a, another cake besides my 
my oh, tiered nice. cake. <laughs> and it says, congratulations, you know, 23 married, been married for 23 years. So it's like, what? Yeah. So I really didn't know that it was the same date. Same date at all. So there's a method to my madness. <laughs> so we didn't ever forget anniversaries. No. Nope. So either Dad or I would remember. And there was only one year when we both forgot. But and where we, were you? What were you doing? Uh, harvesting oh. on the farm. the farm. So it was... That's a good excuse. Yeah. If there's going to be an excuse, that's a good one. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We did have to forgive him for that. Yep. <laughs> you know. And obviously it only happened once. So it was, only once. It was memorable. Yep. Mm -hmm. We could never forget. Never. So then you, you get married, you come back here and start raising your family right away in, in Nampa, or do you move somewhere else first and then make your way here? No, with the size of the farm, my dream was to come back farm with my dad. Okay. So we come back, started right in farming with dad, and, and just started growing a family from there. And it was great. Kids would come out, play on the farm, and... Uh, Good place to raise kids on a farm. They're just miles and miles of country. You can't interfere with the neighbors. Mm -hmm. So we covered a lot of ground, had a lot of fun. It was good. I'm glad that you could stay here all night and tell a story after story. <laughs> yes, the, the adventures of the brothers. And they've got some pretty good stories of their younger brother, Brett. And um, so you're right. They, they have a lot of stories they can share. Yep. Okay, tonight's about your marriage. We'll invite Brett another night. <laughs> another night. <laughs> well, let's do. So he can rebuttal whatever night. they yes. say. <laughs> okay, so a marriage obviously evolves over the years. How, this might be kind of a broad question, but how has your marriage evolved since that first, that first day? My turn? Your turn. <laughs> um, you know, you like each other. You like spending time with each other. And so you figure, why not get married and spend more time with each other? But then they become your best friend, your confidant, um, sometimes your critic. And that's all good. There were times, you know, when she would, I don't think you should do that. And other times when I didn't want to do that, she thinks, I think that would be the right move. So... They become very quickly your conscience, should I say. And uh, everything I wanted to do or hoped to do that was successful, I always wanted to run it past her first to see if I got the vote of approval or if I shouldn't do that. So I learned that I shouldn't do that a hard way. I bought a, I ran onto a car, a 1969 Chevelle SS 396 oh, muscle car. Yeah. Oh, it's gorgeous. And uh, it was one of her old friends that found it for me. But she goes, I don't think you really need that car. We probably shouldn't get that. And I did it. <laughs> Biggest mistake. Anyway, after years of trying to finish it, never did, we sold it. So my lesson learned was when she says, I don't think you should do that, you should really listen to them. Oh, I learned the hard way. When you're first married, you're in the romantic stage where it's just the two of you and you're holding hands and you're making plans and doing all the things you want to do, kind of like the fairy tale. And then the kids come along and then pretty soon they're holding 
you're holding their hands and he's on one side and I'm on the other. And after six kids, then the ups and downs of children. So you're right. Your marriage evolves from just the two of you to then, oh, we have six kids. You know, we need to take care of them and provide for them and watching their ups and downs and their things that they go through and, and the emotional investment that you have. Then pretty soon the kids start leaving the nest. The little birds leave the nest. And then you're um, back to just the two of you, and you can finally hold hands again. And it's kind of full circle. But the thing is, there's lots of books out there on how to raise kids and what you can do, but there's very few books on there out there on how to let your kids go. And so it's good that you have each other that you can, you know, go through that part together um, because that's the cycle of life. You know, you don't get to keep those little babies forever, so you need to enjoy the moment that you have with them. And so then pretty soon it's just back to the two of you and you can hold hands again in the circle of life, only now you have 20 grandkids instead of just six children. So it does evolve. It's it's where you are in your life and how you who you need to take care of, I guess, you know, in that's it's always changing. But having good examples of parents I think is really important. I remember the one of the first things I remember about Brian um when we went home to meet his mom and dad, they were sitting on the love seat and they were holding hands. And I thought, okay, you can tell what kind of a husband he's going to be by how he treats his mother. And um, Brian had a lot of respect for his mom because of how his father treated his mom. So I think that's important, too, is, is the example of your parents and uh, watching how they handle their problems and how they, the ups and downs of life you can learn a lot from and then, therefore, apply it to your own life. But we're still trying to, you know, get through it. Figure it out. I think that letting kids go, the hardest lesson I had to learn, one of the hardest lessons was when our second daughter left on her mission. Um, I became very attached to my girls where they were the first. And when she was getting on the plane to go to Serbia on her mission, I was scared. We were had political battles going on with Serbia, and we were almost at war. And she was only going to be one of two sister missionaries of the six missionaries that were in the country. And um, that was hard for me because I like to go, you know, like a dad, check it out, move him in, make sure everything's okay. And uh, I remember when she got on the plane, she turned with a big smile on her face and gave me the I love you sign as she left. And how worried I was. And I had the thought, who better to take care of her than the Lord? I was fine. She got on the plane. It was a great mission. She... We missed her a whole lot, but it taught me to let go. 
but the only way I could is knowing that the Lord had the hand taking care of her, and he could do a much better job than I could. So I was good with that. But it taught me a great deal. Those are, those are special, sweet, sweet lessons. Um, can, I, can I take you back a little further? I don't know this story, so it's my first time hearing it from you too. But every, every little baby who got terribly sick. It was around Thanksgiving time, and he was only six months old. And so um, he just started throwing up, was running a terrible fever. Uh, couldn't keep anything down, so we took him to the hospital and found out he had salmonella. And so they hooked him up to a IV, which they had to use the vein on the side of his head. And so watching him go through the medical stuff that was necessary, it was really hard on a mom, and there was nothing you could do about it. And so um, he, the doctor, he still wasn't keeping anything down. And the doctor was really worried, and he, he says, we got to do something to get fluids inside of him. So we um, got a baby bottle and filled it with soda, and um, he started, <laughs> sort of, no, <laughs> something else. It was dark. <laughs> Coca-Cola. And so um, my dad's a pharmacist, and so he always told us that Coca-Cola is good for your stomach when you have it was seven ups good too, but <laughs> dad liked that. So we, we gave him that in his bottle and um, had a really long, tough night, but he was finally able to be um, stabilized. And so the whole time you're praying to Heavenly Father and let him get better. And we were... We're in the hallway of the hospital while they were putting the IV in his little head. And that was hard to hear your little one cry. You couldn't do anything. And my wife was crying and and it was serious. And for quite a few years before, I could do nothing wrong as far as farming. Um, we were making money way too much and things were going very well for us. I remember standing in the hallway and I told the Lord he could have anything he wanted except my wife and my kids. So we fed him a little Coke syrup and he got better, but two years later I was broke. okay because I still had six kids and a wife she just smacked me on the back of the head and said go make us some money so I did and we've just that's the way it's been you give it the best of what you got so we started over again farming was bad and we had to get out of farming and that was a traumatic experience for me. Um, we had done good. We had a lot of people that thought we were doing pretty good at what we could do. And then to go from the top to the bottom into an industry where I didn't know anything, 
and you just pick up the broom and go to work again as low man on the totem pole, so to speak. You start over, you didn't know anything, and uh, it was humbling, but it was good. So we started over again, and thank heavens, learned a lot of good lessons. Tell us what you learned. How did you make it through that difficult time? What did you do? It was hard because we had kids still at home, you know, kids getting off to school, and Brian some days didn't want to get up out of bed, and he didn't want to go on. So, but through strength and perseverance and remembering that the Lord won't test you more than you can um, handle, um, he is a strong person, and he takes his responsibilities very, very strong, and he knew that he needed to provide for the family. So I admire the fact that he was willing to do whatever it took, that uh, if there was a job there, he would take it. He did construction, he did landscaping, he did sprinklers, um, farm work. Um, it's anything to be able to stabilize the family. And through his hard work, he had eventually, you know, relying on the Lord and saying, okay, one of these days it's going to be the job that's going to keep or that's going to be the job that's going to lead to another job. And so by trusting in the Lord and faith, not giving up, and knowing you had little ones dependent on you, you get out of bed and you put one foot in front of the other and you keep going. You do the best with what you got. And so that's kind of what it is, you know, working together and encouraging each other and saying, you can do this. And I made a promise to the Lord if he'd leave me those kids and my wife, I'd be okay. I'd do it. He kept his end of the deal. I need to do mine so I get out and start over. I had what I wanted, just exactly what I asked for. So with that, I can start over again. That's no big deal. So you just take the knock on the back of the head and go make some more money. <laughs> well, that's good. But it's it's been a it's been a struggle, it's been a blessing. We had opportunities, like I said, to leave the valley, to go make more money somewhere else and pay the bills off faster. But this valley's just, wow. To raise a family here, there's nothing like it. That's why they're all moving here. That's why they're all moving here. <laughs> exactly. We're being discovered day by day. Quiet. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody. The bumper sticker that said, oh, you're from California? Welcome to Idaho. Go home. <laughs> Except for you. I'm just kidding. It was a bumper sticker. Okay, so if you could look back on or go talk to your younger selves, <laughs> newly married, what would you tell yourselves? What advice would you give you? Oh, be prepared for anything. Um, things don't always end up the way you intended, but sometimes it ends up better. So be patient. 
be kind with one another. Always be in their corner. Because, you know, sometimes if you don't have your support of your spouse, it's a long, lonely trail. But, um, um, yeah, trust in the Lord that he will help you along the way. Trust in your spouse. Trust in yourself. Um, try and find humor in every day because that's what's going to get you through the bad times as well as the good times. Because life is what happens when you're making other plans. Mm-hmm. And so just be prepared to, be, to, to embrace what comes your way and not turn against it. You know, a lot of times you'd say, oh, the challenges that come your way, the Lord is, the Lord loves you and he's testing you. And you want to say, don't love me so much. I don't want to be tested like that anymore. But um, I think the, the biggest thing is when two people become one because of your goals and your families and things like that, it's a much more pleasant road to travel than being separated and going your own way. But um, embrace what life gives you. Your turn. <laughs> Saddle up. Do your cinch up tight. Hang on, but enjoy the ride. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. We sure appreciate your time and your thoughts and um we might have you back, so be prepared. <laughs> so we can talk about football or cars. I don't know. I, I which. don't give up. We need more stories. <laughs> okay. Thank you. It's been a treat. Mm, thank you. Thanks for listening to One Heart, One Mind, Nampa. Credit is given to Kim Keller, who oversees the podcast, both Mindy Bauer and Kim Keller, who are our hosts, Casey Maddox, the project director and announcer, and Rachel Bauer, who is our site director. Likewise, thanks also to Michelle Lundgren, our project manager, John Freeman, our communications coordinator, Jesus Gomez, the key grip and podcast editor, as well as Don Ricker, our digital platform manager. Thank you for listening to One Heart, One Mind. We hope that you have felt inspiration and hope in moving towards Zion. As always, thank you, and may the Lord bless you.